we want to make sure no single source is above 20% market share for more than 12 months. Because if you're overly reliant on a source and they go belly up or something happens, then, you know, it, it can tank the entire business. Welcome to Rockstars of Remodeling, a podcast presented by Pro Remodeler Media, where the best and brightest stars in home improvement share actionable insights with like-minded industry standouts like you. I'm your host, Drew Barto. I spent 13 years as the director of marketing for a replacement window and door company in Pittsburgh, where I learned a lot from some of the great minds in the home improvement industry. I aim to bring many of those voices to you on this show to help you gain more leads, close more sales, and boost your bottom line. Let's rock. This episode of Rockstars of Remodeling is brought to you by Rilla Voice. Forget ride-alongs. Use Rilla Voice to record, transcribe, and analyze all the conversations your reps have with customers in homes. Visit RillaVoice.com to learn how you can use AI to make your sales teams bionic. That's R-I-L-L-A Voice.com. Hi, everyone. I'm pumped to have an absolute master of marketing on today's show. A member of Pro Remodelers 40 Under 40 Class of 2022, Jay Shaw is the Director of Marketing at DreamStyle Remodeling, a full-service remodeler with locations across six states and revenue of over $190 million last year alone. Jay is the driving force responsible for generating the leads that yield those impressive sales results. Today, Jay and I will discuss how home improvement businesses of any size can combat the current difficult lead gen landscape. Plus, he'll share some new lead sources he's having success with and reveal his unique approach to evaluating the effectiveness of each source. Jay, welcome to Rockstars of Remodeling. Thank you, Drew, for having me. Super excited to be here. So can you tell us just to start off, just to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your role at DreamStyle Remodeling about your business and, and man, what, what kind of lead flow is that to, to generate $190 million in sales? What, what How many leads are you setting at that rate? Yeah, sure. You know, since 1989, that's when DreamStyle was founded. Um, you know, we've completed more than 125,000 successful home improvement projects. So our, our primary verticals are showers and windows and doors. We're diversifying that a bit this year, but that's kind of been our bread and butter. Um, I actually started at a DreamStyle as an intern Back in 2015, when we were a $50 million company, my primary goal as a you know director of marketing is uh, to drive the most leads possible at an effective cost. And you know I try to do that through a diversified source mix, constantly monitoring the KPIs through a variety of reporting. We have marketing in house, we have call center in house, um, sales in house, and you know bringing in you know up more than 25,000 leads a month right now for DreamStyle in order to to generate those sales. Wow, that's a that's an impressive number. And, and you know, without exception, I've talked to a lot of contractors, a lot of home improvement companies across the country. Everyone seems to be feeling a pinch when it comes to lead flow, right? Are you also experiencing some post-pandemic difficulties generating leads? And if so, uh, what has that done to the average cost of your leads this year? Yeah, you know, we're uh, we're definitely out of the COVID boom era where leads would just kind of fall into our laps as marketers. So we had a pretty easy job in uh, 2021 and, and, you know, 2022 over the last couple of years, but that's, that's kind of in the rear view mirror now. And we got to strap in and actually start, start working to generate leads again. Um, like we used to, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Pre pandemic. Um, yeah. So, so it's been fun getting back into that groove. Um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of speculative theories um, floating around through the grapevine about like what factors are at play. You know, obviously there's inflation and interest rates are, are, are pretty high. Um, you know, there's talks of recession and we've had that for the past 12 months now, those types of talks. And, you know, now with the pandemic behind us, a lot of folks are going back to spending their disposable income in areas like dining out and vacations versus 
where they were focused solely on home improvement projects because that's kind of all they that's the only area they they had and they were spending so much time at home so it was a lot easier to justify that so there's a few different hypotheses as to what's going on and might be a combination you know a little bit of both a little bit of everything um that's causing it and you know a few vendors interestingly have even told me flat out candidly that i cannot expect volumes to go back to what they were during COVID. like they're never going to hit COVID peak volumes again. That was kind of a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, we can't expect that to be the norm and and just basically reset expectations. And so, you know, that that's just that's just the reality of the situation we're in. When I compare like April 2021, when we were having it nice and easy versus April 2023, um, cost per lead issued, double digit increases uh, percentage wise um, year over year. So it's definitely getting more expensive to get a lead out the door. And it's getting more expensive to acquire that lead as well. Yeah, it makes sense that you might not see something like that ever again, uh, barring another pandemic. But right. yeah, so, so, so what are some specific ways, specific things that you're doing to, to combat the current climate and, and maybe fill in the gaps you didn't have the past few years when everyone was kind of flooded with leads? We're definitely turning towards the gold mine that's our database. So like I said earlier, bringing in upwards of 25, 30,000 leads a month on average. There's a lot in there that we need to be mining. So we're looking at our age data, trying to find ways to squeeze more juice out of it. Um, you know, we I have we have a large call center. You know, it continues to grow every single month. We're always performing hiring classes and things like that. But even with that, we sometimes don't have the bandwidth to dial all that old stuff. And so, you know, I found some third-party call centers that offered a variety of different services like AI texting. Uh, we had live agent texting, and then just you know your simple outbound dialing. Even I've talked to folks that do like predictive outbound dialing. So they run a lot of algorithms to figure out the best time to dial a lead. Um, and they try it once per week to just dial that lead. And if it doesn't, if they don't answer, then they try again a week later. So it's less of um, quantity and more of quality as far as trying to figure out the best time to call. So there's a bunch of different methods um, to the madness as far as how to handle the age data. And I'm kind of just throwing everything at the wall, see what sticks. I definitely don't want to discount anything prematurely. So you you mentioned the uh, predictive dialing, and that's that's done through AI. Are are you seeing more use of AI uh, on, on your side of the business, on the marketing side of the business? Uh, then you know, is that something that's becoming more more predominant in the industry? Yeah, we have been using AI um, through some some different companies and partners um, for texting. So they kind of keep the conversation going with the rep, and uh, sorry, they keep the conversation going with the lead. Um, until it's determined that the leads like kind of warmed up enough to set an appointment and then they kind of transfer it over to us. So that's kind of a process we've tested in the past. That's, that's really interesting how AI has kind of not only taken over and been involved in, in every industry, but in the home improvement industry too, especially because we used to be so slow at adapting and evolving to new technologies. But I'll say this, home improvement companies have taken a leap forward in terms of the, the technologies they use and how quickly they adapt. So it's super impressive. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that, Jay. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, so when we met at Pro Remodelers, the Pinnacle Experience last year, you shared with me a method for your marketing madness when it comes to, you know, assessing new lead sources. You called it the testing, resting, investing method, which it's nice that it rhymes. It's easy to remember. Uh, but, yeah. but, but what does that mean? Can you share some more about those three steps and how you evaluate your lead sources? Definitely. What we try to do is always have a balanced source mix. So like we want to make sure no single source is above 20% market share for more than 12 months. Because if you're overly reliant on a source and they go belly up or something happens, then you know it, it can tank the entire business. So we want to make sure we're not overly reliant on any particular source. So the name of the game is like continually testing new sources. 
this nonstop. Even if you think you found a healthy mix and you're smooth sailing, just keep bringing in new sources and keep testing them. There's no reason not to. And so what we do is we lean into what's working. Um, and then we also like to focus on smaller share sources and grow them. Conferences uh, like LeedsCon, Lead Generation World, things like that. Um, Pinnacle, you know, great place to find new sources that you otherwise might not have heard of before. Um, and you could even be the first one, you know, in the industry testing them for, for home improvement because I've worked with a couple new sources where they had only had experience in like mortgage leads and insurance leads, but they were interested in like entering the home improvement space. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'd be, I'd love to be your segue and, and your transition into a, a new industry. You can test it out with DreamStyle for testing. That's the, the one, you know, part one out of the three, you know, basically testing is like new sources in a trial period and, and it's in that testing phase to assess viability. And so it's typically, you know, either a new creative concept, a new offer, a new vendor, a new partner, things like that. And usually like eight to 10% of my monthly spend is dedicated towards testing new vendors. Wow. The testing period, you know, usually lasts 30 to 180 days, just depending on, on what we want to do there. And the goal is to just move them to investing, you know, make it work with them and move them over to the investing phase. So, you know, if they work out well, um, then boom, they're in investing. And what when investing sources are, they're just any active source or campaign providing us leads at an effective cost. You know, it requires daily management and analytics uh, to enable a timely shift as needed. So they're not, you know, just because they're doing well month one or month two doesn't mean they're gonna be doing well month four. So they still require active management of the KPIs, make sure nothing slips, make sure lead quality remains consistent, things like that. And like I said, nothing's on autopilot ever. So if performance slips, you know, I want to know within the week. So that way I can take the necessary action, whether that's getting on a call with them um, to kind of game plan, uh, reduce lead volume. So that way my marketing spend isn't completely inflated with a source that's not performing well or, or some, some other solution to the problem. And then lastly is resting. That's, that's the third out of the three. And so, you know, typically sources in resting um, are ones that weren't meeting the criteria for investment. So, you know, Lead quality dropped off, our set rate dropped off, cost of marketing got to a point where we couldn't justify the spend, things like that. And for, with sources that are resting, you wanna make sure to keep the relationship positive and keep the door open, keep in constant contact with your rep there and you know, make sure that you're top of mind for them and just touch base periodically you know, to assess whether you wanna move them back into testing. So that's just how it always is, is testing, investing, resting. It's the opposite of set it and forget it. You guys are constantly monitoring, is that that's the case? I mean, you said weekly you're looking to change leads oh, yeah. they're not working, right? Yep, exactly. It's it's really easy to let a source kind of run away as far as like costs go. So always want to make sure you have caps in place and, and you're tracking it very tightly. So that way you're not surprised at the end of the month what the month when the invoice comes in, you know, what they sent you. No, it makes a lot of sense, Jay. I love your method uh, for doing that. It makes a lot of sense. I think people listening today should should really use that. And again, regardless of the size of your business, uh, you shouldn't just be spending money to spend money. You should be spending money wisely, right? And where it makes sense. And this is a, a good method for figuring that out quickly. So, so before we wrap up this this info-packed episode, I, would you be willing to share you know, with our audience some of the new lead sources you've added to your marketing mix for 2023 and, and why you think they, they might be able to work for others? Yeah, you know, during COVID, um, you know, non-traditional marketing really fell off you know, for obvious reasons. So we couldn't really do a lot of face-to-face. -face. Uh, we had to rapidly shift to other sources to make up the difference two to three years ago. Um, but now that, you know, pandemic's kind of behind us, more or less, um, you know, you can begin reinvesting in those non-traditional sources to drive that incremental volume. Because uh, it's there, it's just, you know, someone needs to go out and get it. 
Um, you know, so since late last year, we've been introducing more proximity into our mix, you know, a lot more door to door knocking, things like that. Competitors aren't necessarily there yet. So if you have the right person or vendor to run it, you know, it's a lot of opportunity. It can work. But, you know, your sales need to be strong as well. Canvassing leads are hard to close. And then in addition to proximity, you know, we're getting back into retail as well, like Costco, Ace Hardware, things like that. You know, retail was kind of, uh, you know, beating a dead horse um, pre-pandemic. Um, every conference I went to, someone was always presenting on retail, but it obviously, you know, kind of fell off during COVID. But go go to your local store and see if anyone's even there right now. There's a lot of opportunity to just get a booth in there and, you know, start generating some traffic, uh, start generating from leads from traffic walking by your booth, things like that. A lot of times, you know, what we did in the past is just our non-traditional managers would just work up a deal with the local owner and just, you know, set up a booth there and they get, you know, some flat fee per month. And then you just have someone strong there that can generate a lead, promote a sweepstakes if you need to, just like you would do at, a, at an event or a home show. And then keep trying to find new digital partners, whether that be taking every single cold, you know, if I get a cold email, I'm going to take the call. Um, you never know when you're going to find the next big source and you don't want to judge prematurely because then you might be you know, leaving something on the table that otherwise could work out super well for you. And so whenever I get a LinkedIn message from a potential vendor or a cold email, I always love to take the call and see if it's going to be a good fit or not. And, you know, sometimes it isn't and that's fine. You just shake hands and part ways. And other times you can get a test going and you never know what they're going to scale into. Yeah. Um, so I found a few digital vendors over the past, you know, year or so that have worked out well, you know, clever digital marketing. That's one of my favorite ones so far that I've found over the last 12 months really friendly guys that own the company. It's, it's a brand new, it's a startup, you know, depending on what your definition of that is, they haven't been around too long, but they, um, their core competency, you know, their value prop is social media marketing. And so it's a great way for, for us to have reinvested in social. I used to have a social media part of uh, vendor, but budget was kind of falling off because they couldn't like generate, you know, leads at an effective cost. Clever yeah. came in, they knew what they were doing. Um, their creatives, fantastic. Um, their lead quality is basically unheard of. I mean, uh, as far as social media goes, I'm so surprised at what we set their leads at. Um, typically, social media leads were bottom of the barrel when it came to, you know, the there were very high funnel, very low intent leads. And then Clever came along and, and whatever they're doing is working. SEO also, you know, just like organic has been falling off a little bit. So I brought in a new organic vendor to start, you know, pumping in some some new SEO based off of their strategies, a lot of more backlinking um, versus just like blog posts. They, they're still doing keyword SEO, but they're doing a lot of backlinking as well, which we hadn't had a focus on up until now. So, yeah. you know, just keep an open mind, you know, don't, don't get too comfortable with the vendors you're with, especially if you see those metrics declining and just try to find new people out there. And, you know, what I like to take is a best in breed approach. So just a constant proactive and aggressive search for new partners, find the one that works for a particular channel. I really don't like jack of all trades vendors because when they tend to do a lot of everything, then their, their competency in those particular channels decreases. So I don't want to find someone who can handle social paid SEO, things like that all in one house. You know, I really don't like one-stop shops. So I prefer to just find a particular company like Clever, for example, that specializes in social media and use them instead. Jay Shaw, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're you're a marketing nerd like me and you want to continue to explore unique ways to generate leads, you can pick Jay's brain and hear him speak at Pro Remodeler's main event, the Pinnacle Experience 2023, coming to Philadelphia September 11th through 13th. For more details on Jay's talk and the entire event, check out this episode's description on the platform you're listening to today. Jay, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you in Philly. Yeah, Drew, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to be in Philly in September as well and, and meet the whole Pro Remodeler gang again. 
thank you for listening to Rockstars of Remodeling. As promised, there were some amazing takeaways that you can use to build a better business for yourself, your employees, and your customers. If you've got an idea for a future episode or a guest I should invite onto the show, I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to follow Rockstars of Remodeling on Spotify or SoundCloud. And click the like button on this episode. Until next time, rock on.